TBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. My mama's was in Venezuela, mama like Cinderella, mama's got a chumbaye. I said, hola, 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 bossa nova. I said, yeah, 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 I got a chumbaye. All right, so some of you have expressed some concerns. And I think that uh, it's, it's, it's definitely worth um, taking seriously. My name is Easy Weave. This is Easy Does It on the DBN Network, a uh, out-of-the-ordinary type of broadcast. I've been uh, usually re, uh, keeping these to the Sunday ones only, uh, with the exception last week of the special uh, Kevin Hogan edition. And I guess this is kind of the same thing. Um, it's the, the post-Kevin Hogan edition, and I think that you can uh, definitely... Uh, you make th- well. Hopefully, we'll find out tomorrow. It's a Tuesday evening as I'm uh, putting this on right now, and you know, just kind of um, re- reflecting a little bit more on uh, the last couple of days. Uh, apparently, I sounded angry and maybe unforgiving or whatever, uh, mean spirited, hot tempered, what have you, um, during the the last broadcast on Sunday. And you know, I'm, I'm not. Uh, trying to make excuses, but I certainly if that if that is how I came across, I don't mean to do that. I like to, I, lo- I love you people, and I don't want you to be a you know hear this uh, you know when after the game and come away even angrier than the game itself. That's not what this. Is. I mean, you know, it, not that um, uh, you know other people that talk about this stuff don't do that, and and I'm you know uh, it's just for me personally. It, it's it was I mean that that program on Sunday was. A realization of frustration for a lot of things. You know, the Indian season, that that tremendous, you know, I mean, just gem of a regular season, all the expectations in the world. And they uh, they fall flat, and you know the, the disappointment of that, and that it happened to the Yankees, still still fresh on the mind. And then the same day that that happens, Hugh makes the decision for Kevin Hogan. And while you know I didn't really express this in in well, I kind of did. I kind of you know uh, hemmed and hawed around it. Uh, but the but the move to, to Hogan could be a, you know, a potential death knell to his tenure as coach. And of course, that's such a problematic thing for me because of the you know the the constant churn of the roster that of course I've I've discussed at length but i mean the the performance on sunday was kind of the the potential you know uh, <laughs> pardon the sort of pun the codification of of that because Although Cod didn't play, but he might now. I did bring up that possibility, and and I think that it's still something that could. Um, I you know the the whole move to Hogan from Kaiser, even in a a uh, second half of the game against the Jets scenario, where we're only down by three points and could have very well. Um, yeah, you know, Kaiser made made some mistakes. He's a rookie. He's a very talented rookie, as a matter of fact. Um, there's no doubt about that. The talent is there. We've we've all seen it all year, but he's had his struggles, and and because of he's, he's had his struggles, the team has had some serious serious problems. But none of this is really all that surprising. Um, he's the youngest quarterback 
ever you know to, to play at this level and pardon me if i sound a bit under uh, the weather i've been fighting off the ravages of uh, some kind of uh, florida funk and if, by the way as an aside if you've if you've spent your whole life in ohio or in you know cold territories coming down living in florida and getting sick down here i would basically laugh off a cold when when i was in ohio uh, it just it just wasn't an issue um and i'd get them you know get them like cold weather all the time it happens but you get sick down here i mean it takes you to the ground and i've, I've tried to fight it off um different ways i've actually this time around and it seems to be effective is when i started getting sick i left work um kind of early ish and went and um did a bunch of yard work just mowed grass and just sweated like crazy put you know put on a whole bunch of shirts drank a bunch of water and you know went out and just worked and moved and sweated and i i I think it really has mitigated the um the the impact of course um you know i could wake up tomorrow and sound like uh like warmed over death so it's probably a good idea for me to to get this in tonight while i still sound uh relatively i would assume anyway the way i uh, hear myself in my head anyway um you know non-offensive as far as that goes but be just sorry for the for the uh, the deviation there but the the move to kaiser or 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 i should say the performance of kaiser uh, up until the point of the dismissal i mean none of it was surprising you know to me none of it was particularly so egregious that, you know I, i've heard this said uh, you know in, in so many different ways over the last couple of weeks of just how utterly you know um devoid of any positive uh, play kaiser has had which i think is just absolutely bogus i just i, I think it, it is poppycock it is balderdash to suggest that kaiser has not shown some good things he has shown some bad things too but i mean you expect that sort of a mixed bag from a rookie that you know he's definitely and and by the way it's it's very important to mention here that as he has played and really up until the game last week against the jets playing with i mean honestly possibly the worst wide receiving core in the NFL history after Corey Coleman went down. And people have been very quick to jump on Sashi Brown. I've seen it, you know, uh, several times that, well, uh, you know, Sashi Brown, the front office is the reason why we have this wide receiver situation and they have to answer for it. Okay, well, the answer is they drafted a guy number 15 overall and he's had two freak hand injuries in two years. When he was on the field, uh, sorry about that, when he was on the field, his second game he did everything that you would expect a big time wide receiver to do and then someone stepped in his hand and practiced the next day or two days later this year he's breaking up an arm punt by kaiser against the steelers and he lands on his hand funny and he breaks it again it's really unfortunate i don't know that a broken hand is necessarily an injury that is um i don't know that that is recurring or that does recur it seems like kind of a freakish flukish type thing but obviously it's a problem if you are a wide receiver obviously so at that point um you know he's he's been sidelined for a lot of this year going to miss a lot of games and and i understand that if he's not on the field then you know then he's not not even about Corey coleman i still i'm very bullish on Corey coleman if the guy can actually be on the field with anything resembling decent quarterback play but it kind of it has gone kind of both uh, hand in hand this year because since he's been out for most of this year that means that the top you know guy that we've had has been kenny Britt, and y'all know what what that has been he i mean kenny Britt has been um a, a tremendous disappointment 
And the rest of the wide receiving crew, you know, I had pretty much already turned the page on Ricardo Lewis because his performance, particularly against the Colts, was so just out of just just out of control bad. I mean, just like the Hogan performance on Sunday, just so out of control bad that these these those two positions on offense, the quarterback, uh, the the inexperienceness of uh, of Kaiser. I don't know if that's a word. Inexperience, just uh, total uh, inexperience of Kaiser. With those two positions, you know, having that um, deleterious effect on the offense, it's really you know the reason that we we've had these struggles. And the other thing that is is often lamented or at least repeated is that they've just you know, no improvement last year. You know, from last year to this year. I mean, look, I I've seen improvement all over the place, and I, there's been a lot of times this year where we've done very well moving the ball. You know, between the twenties, as they say. Uh, and then we've got these these you know just boneheaded stupid things that happen once we get into the red zone, and it's it's a it's a constant thing, and that has has really been the deciding factor in a lot of these games. It hasn't been because because teams have just been you know dominating us. They have been getting a lot of um, you know wide open looks because of some pretty terrible play from the safety position, particularly by. Um, Julius Pepper, oh, I'm sorry, Jabril Peppers. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's an even bet that Julius Peppers would be a better safety than right now. The way that they're using Peppers anyway, and we, you know, when we, when we drafted him, a lot of us were thinking that uh, you know he was going to be more of an in the box type guy, that he was going to play you know that that uh, monster backer role. Uh, instead, he's played what Williams calls the angel, as as you well know, which is the playing way the hell back and basically playing center field, and he's terrible at it. I mean, he gave up an easy touchdown to um, Fuller, on Will Fuller on Sunday. Um, a nice pass by Deshaun Watson, but it was an easy pass because the dude was wide open. I mean, he was because, I mean, you're playing a pretty basic cover, too. Pepper's just... You know, just totally misread everything. And he's good for that, you know, about once a game. And that's, you know, that's a problem. And, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know me, I'm, I'm Mr. Three Years. I'm not giving up on anybody. But those three positions, you know, Bupalus, Bupalus, however, we call him Bup uh, affectionately. You know, he really targeted um, in, in a, um, a, a, a comment on the chow yesterday. Uh, really, this whole situation, I think he... he really put it all perfectly on those three positions the quarterback the wide receiver and the safety and I, I i share that view that those three positions are really the problem with the team now the quarterback position obviously if that one is working it covers up a multitude of sins and the, but, you know, while i am definitely one that believes that the quarterback position is substantially more than the wide receiver position i'm all i've you know i'm basically of the mindset that if you have you know r- ordinary regular wide receivers you're basically okay we haven't had that we haven't had anything close to ordinary regular average wide receiver we've had terrible horrific wide receiver play and yeah that's going to cause a problem uh for a rookie quarterback and to you know a lot of people's credit people like navi uh you know he's he you know i remember him specifically pointing out before the season started you know, i'm concerned about our wide receivers making it difficult for the court and of course i'm like yeah whatever man you don't know no whatever dude it's gonna be fine quarterback's fine everything's gonna be fine I, you know, well hey look i think a lot of i'm not saying that kaiser has had a particularly great year i'm just saying that there have been quite a few instances of him nailing the receiver on the hands and the ball bouncing up 
being picked off. And yeah, okay, yeah, he throws a hard pass, but so did Elway. And I realized that, you know, I, I don't want, I want to set the bar higher than that because, of course, we know Elway is overrated, but I'm saying that you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get mad at a quarterback for throwing the ball too hard unless you're talking about you know the guys you know five feet away from you and yeah okay does that sometimes but that's certainly correctable point is there was nothing about what kaiser was doing that looked to me like it was in you know uncorrectable over a long period of time or i should say just over enough time you know however long a period of time that is dependent on the guy everybody develops at different speeds uh you know, talk. I mean, there are the millions of examples of this. Jared Goff last year looked. You know, people had basically written him off, and look at him this year. <laughs> My man Darth uh, brought up today, and you know that uh, posted some comments that people were making after we beat the Raiders in 2014. That um, people were honestly uh, suggesting that. Uh, that uh, we would be, be we were better off that we would be better off we were better off with uh, uh, Billy Vegas than with Derek Carr because of the way that Carr had looked up to that point I think they were 0-10 uh, after we beat them that in that game so you know what I'm saying is that people don't know anything I mean I'm, 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 and I'm being you know respectful here um, a lot of people pop off about this crap when we are I mean we're f- six freaking games into the rookie season of of Kaiser talking about him specifically but any rookie class it is so beyond ridiculous to pronounce the totality of what a player can be after such a small amount of time and uh, unless I mean there are examples or I should say there are are exceptions to this you know as it turned out when Vegas finally got into the game for the first time oh Nelly yeah. Okay. That was that was that was pretty. That was pre- well. Actually, not the first time. The first time, if you remember, the first time he got into the game, it was other than a trick play where he lined up a wide receiver against I think the Saints in like week two or the Ravens maybe in week three. But the first time he actually came into the game to play quarterback, it was against the Bills in garbage time. Yes, Hoy Boy had a terrible game, and the Bills were were beating the hell out of us. And so, you know, uh, Manziel comes in and played pretty well. And scored a touchdown, rushing, and people were all like, yeah, Billy Vegas, woo! You know, they were all excited about it. And so then I, I don't think it was the next week. I think it was two weeks later. Yeah, because the next week, I, I'm almost positive, is when we were played uh, the Colts. And it was after the Colts game that, that uh, Petten finally pulled the plug on Hoyer. But... Um, but prior to that, in the Buffalo game, you know, Manziel looked pretty good. He was making, you know, he was connecting. I think he had a nice long completion to Josh Gordon, if memory serves. So, okay, so people were... Now, what, a couple of things about that. What does that tell you? Defense, you know, preparing for Hoyer all week. And then backup quarterback comes in, and garbage time looks pretty good. Maybe, maybe... Just saying, maybe that's not the best of situations to be uh, determining whether or not a guy can play Kevin Hogan. You know what I'm saying? And that type of a circumstance where you bring in a backup quarterback and he's playing against a defense that's already, you know, first of all, they didn't prepare for the guy. Second, and in many cases, they're a second team at that point. So you got second team guys playing, you know, basically, uh, you know, a, a knockoff of the prevent. So they're just trying to, you know, eat up time and le- letting you march down the field. Not letting you, but they're not, they're not as a, it's a different game plan at that point this is i mean there's certainly uh, deviations of this and teams by the way lose games doing this i'm not saying that it's um that it's the right thing to do necessarily but it is what teams do it's just the way that the game is played 
And so, but Manziel, when he finally got in there against the uh, the Bengals, you know, that was, all right. I think that there were people right there. And, you know, quite honestly, I I I thought he was a third-round, you know, grade when, when he was coming out in the draft. I, it, you know. But when we drafted him, it's like, all right, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's not as bad as I think. Well, you know, uh, then the first game happens. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It looks way, 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 way worse than you know. But to to de- depart on that, I think that that is one of these things that we ran past as a uh, as a fan base in an organization that you know, before that happened, before that Bengals game, Johnny Manziel was on top of the world. I mean, honestly, he was he was doing the Snickers commercial with the workout thing, and he was you know he, he was generally regarded. He was very popular with uh, a lot of NFL players and celebrities and everything. I mean, he was he was he was a star just in his social presence because of his you know uh, just the popularity that he had gained from his effing around that he was doing while not you know learning how to play uh, quarterback at the NFL level and then he plays that game falls totally off the cliff and then he gets injured the next week against the Panthers and then two weeks later after our final game of the year dude goes into rehab and over a six-week period of time you know his entire life went from being completely on top of the world to be completely you know buried underneath the prison I mean, it's really it's a fascinating thing uh, to watch from a societal standpoint I don't mean to you know luxuriate on this point I just it was one of these things that um, was fascinating to behold especially because people that were I mean there were people that honestly at the time and I'm not you know mentioning anybody by name because I don't even remember at this point but there were people that were saying oh yeah yeah well you know Billy Vegas he's gonna go in there and uh, he'll be able to at least make some plays that Hoyer can't make I'm like, why, why does anybody think that? Why does anybody think that a rookie quarterback is going to go in and be able to do what a veteran isn't going to be able to do? I don't care how good the guy looks in college. If he hasn't done it at the NFL level, you can't ever expect that he's going to be able to. Even guys like Andrew Luck, who did, you know, live up to the billing. But like people say, there's never going to be another, you know, there is no other Andrew Luck. I'm saying no matter who you draft, even Jared Goff, the first pick overall last year, or Jameis Winston the year before that, their first couple of games are going to struggle. They're not going to look very good. And for most of their first season, that's going to be and you kind of have to expect that so i'm just saying to expect that people had high expectations and they were very um i mean they were they were almost i i I wonder if you kind of have the same feeling about miles garrett that he's almost like a family member right when we drafted him it's almost like okay you have so much uh you know hope invested in him and and and, you i i I love him you know i I love him as a you know he's he's also just a really really cool guy and you get to like you know find out about his personality like yeah this guy's guys all right but i mean just from the standpoint of what he means to the organization and and you know his um obvious is ridiculous talent his he's like this 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 precious you know asset that we have that and i don't i'm not in any way trying to dehumanize him it's exactly the opposite i i, I he is such you know an immense you know uh, there's so much hope invested in him that i have an emotional attachment to his success and i hope that i'm conveying that in the right way and, I, and i'm i'm thinking that maybe you have the same um uh, I don't know. There's, there's some similarities there. Well, I, there, there was people that had that genuine type connection with Manziel. And then, you know, six weeks later, the dude's in rehab and all of that was gone. And what was replaced with it was ridicule that I'm sure the kid had never dealt with at any point, at, at, even close in his entire life. Uh, adult or otherwise, and, and and that sort of thing, and this is, and none of this is to absolve anything. It's just you know an, an observation. I'm sure that as much as I I I I, 
I guess that as much as anything else, um, that had a, a huge... It's kind of like I've always thought that, that Tim Couch got into the cola when uh, when, when uh, Butch benched him for Holcomb. I don't know that. It's just he comes back in and he's all skinny uh, the next time he gets on the field and, and he doesn't have the same, you know, he just didn't look the same, didn't play the same. Uh, and, and I thought that... And I think that... Now, ha- <laughs> having said all of that... Um, there's so much that that goes into you know playing quarterback at the level that is required to be an NFL starter much less a good NFL starter and those guys that can come in and do it and look good right away uh you know people argue about Carson Wentz I think by and large the guy has looked pretty great you know all all things considered and I'm not saying that with any sort of joy first and foremost because I hate the friggin' Eagles man I really do I do not like the Philadelphia Eagles at all I actively root against them they're really the only NFC team that I have that feeling about I I genuinely don't like the Eagles. Uh, I, I, I really mean that. It's like as far as the uh, the my, my hierarchy of, of hatred goes in the NFL. The, well, the Ravens are above uh, basically anything in any sport and, and most things in life. As a matter, as far as my hatred goes, the Steelers for the most part uh, you know hover within the sports realm, but maybe a little bit above that. And and they're uh, right there, right after them is the Yankees, then probably the Red Sox, and then probably after that would be the Eagles and the Bengals, maybe tied. I don't know. That, that seems like about the right. Uh, hierarchy of hatred for overall sports fran- fr- uh, franchises. So I, it do- there's no joy in reporting that that uh, Wentz looks, you know, the goofy ginger looks pretty good. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, if you're out there, um, if you're out, if you're listening to this, uh, Carson Wentz, you, you have a soul. And, and I and and I, and you know, I, and I wanted us to draft you, by the way. And if I had to do it all over again, I would have drafted you. But you know. It's just it's just so not worth um you know the the woulda coulda shoulda it really is just such in my mind and in, in, in my opinion and and good people can disagree it's just so much wasted energy cuz I would have drafted Goff or Wentz I would have stayed there too I would have taken whichever one is there but you know what no matter how whichever one of those guys would have fell to us uh, regardless of whatever situation we had going on at, at overall as a team, you know, last year, I would not have expected them to have been appreciably better than Kaiser has been. This was the whole point, and it's why sitting him was so disappointing. Because to me, it you know, everything that we had seen at that point it pretty much validated Hughes' decision here, and then for him to make the move to Hogan, that's a, guys, that's an audacious move. Right. When you do that as a coach, you are it's not it's not as simple as I mean, good organizations that stay together and build long term success. Don't do this. Right. Because once you plant your flag in the ground and you say that this is going to be our guy, your entire organization has to get behind that move. And then you, because of that, you know, you can't it's like a train. You can't turn it around. Uh, you know, very or a plane or a boat or whatever, you can't turn it around. You know, very very easily and quickly. It's and then when you do it, you know, you gotta kind of stick with it. That's why I mean, it's possible that that uh, you know that Hughes in a spot where he may have to continue with Hogan. I certainly am, am very vehemently nothing against Kevin personally. I just you know I we we we've seen uh, what he can do, and you know I'm I'm still all for him being on the team or and all that. But he's he's definitely not the future as far as I mean. I I kind of thought that going into it, the you know uh, the 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 college tape combined with the performance on the field going into the game and then the performance in the game uh, it's just you know not saying that he can never be uh, a, a player in the league but it's just he's he's not the guy not at this time and i i really 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 am averse to the notion of giving him um 
more re- and i mean look this is this seems like it's uh anathema to my vaunted three-year rule but i never ever ever I, this is the thing guys i never said that it was universal in fact i've always said that there are exceptions to it for i mean there and there are a lot of them but it's it's a general thing and you know i mean i can I, from where i sit right now after a year and a half kind of feel like hogan is you know arrows definitely pointing hard down uh but you know, I, you know i'm not giving up on the kid i'm just saying there's a lot 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 more upside in my mind with with kaiser and dealing with his warts and dealing with his problems and seeing him improve in those areas because he's going to the more that he plays the more he's going to get better at it. and if he just doesn't right if the clock never speeds up and the you know the, the two or three uh, WTF throws that he does a game you know where it, it, as far as inaccuracy happens um, I'm not going to count balls that bounce off receivers hands against them even ones that are slightly behind um, I, I'm, I'm talking about the ones that are just bad inaccurate passes uh, you know if that just if, if we go into you know all of the rest of this year when you know no games and he just never gets over that and goes into the offseason doesn't seem to show any improvement okay fine then we've got at that point we'll have the ammunition to get you know whichever quarterback that we want in the draft for the third year and well actually last year was the only time that we had you know anyone that we wanted and if you believe you know certain sources we really wanted jared goff and when he apparently wasn't available um then then we decided to pull the trigger i i just i don't i don't believe that i i kind of i i tend to actually believe the opposite because if you go back to that time uh and i'm not trying to be conspiratorial and no i'm and certainly not trying to be um absolving anybody of anything because i don't even look at it in those terms but if, if for, for maybe for your own maybe it'll make you feel better to to think about it this way when the rams traded up to with the titans to get that number one overall pick i gotta tell you um i I assumed and a few of us assumed that it was to get wentz because it kind of seemed because it just didn't seem like you would you would spend that much capital to go up and get a quarterback that had the sort of traits that jared goff has compared to what wentz had and you can take that you know however you want but i'm saying it was not a slam dunk thing that apparently nfl sources you know have more information and more intel on this i guess uh but you know if they knew that the the yams were going to take gofton and and that was their guy fine they didn't like uh they didn't like wentz and so they decided to um you know to trade down and and uh, push the chips into uh to 2017 and then when 2017 came along they decided they didn't like uh trubisky or mahomey or the alternative version of that is they thought that they could trade up with the titans and get trubisky if you you don't believe one version or that uh that they could have you know traded up to get mahomey but or were expecting was expecting him to fall to them at 12 and then the chefs upset everybody by jumping up to uh, kneecap them at Buffalo. And then further, if you want to add to this, that Hugh really wanted uh, Deshaun Watson, but um, that uh, that, that Sashi went the other way, traded the pick. We took Peppers instead and then took Kaiser. And, you know, if you just look at right now today, and if you... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm not. I, I, I don't. I don't try to be snooty or snarky with anybody. If you're just going to look at numbers and no other context, then yeah, um, you know, Watson for Kaiser and Peppers. Uh, yeah, I think I'd rather have Watson right now. But it was never about right now. This is the whole point. This, this all of this whole this whole process. Um, not not to. Uh, 
deviate from the quarterback conversation. That's the whole point. This whole thing was always going to take a long time. Why do I say that? Because everybody said it was going to take a long time. You know, at the at the end, it was really obvious what we were doing that it was going to take a long time. Guys, you saw what we did. We and and to um, it's it's not unfair to say that we didn't have to do it, but we did do it. We you know we blew the thing totally up. We did it differently. And look, philosophically, I think that you could go back and forth about whether or not that was the right thing to do. Uh, if you know, with with the benefit of hindsight, um, and and even pro- possibly considering the uh, the situation at the time, I I think because uh, in other words, I don't think that I would my my opinion would vary greatly uh, right now as opposed to then, but I. I think that if you go back to where the position that we were in a lot of people you know I, I, I this is you talk about scoreboard watching i really am not impressed by the the constant you know this, this front office and coaching staff is one and 21 don't care don't care because you know what they were you know what they walked into they were three and 18 before they got there so they walked into a team that was three and 18 yeah and then after that they decided to tear it all down. So again, you know, to, to, to get into this a little bit, and I'm, I'll get back to um, what I was talking about earlier as far as the, the you know the whole quarterback paradigm. But the the entire strategy at that point was to um, to rip it apart because the talent that we had on the roster obviously had not produced you know more than a three and thirteen season the the, the, the previous year, and I think that you can look at the fact that with all of the coaching changes you know for all of the years and I, we've been over this what is it now it's 2017 so 2017 go back to uh to uh, 2008 so that's what nine seasons am i do i got that right nine seasons and then of those nine seasons you know romeo uh man mangini uh shermer uh chud uh petten and now hugh Right, I get everybody in there. So by my count, that's six coaches in nine years. Now, okay, so if you go back, you know, the two years, uh, that's that's five coaches in what seven years, and over that time, and by, and by the way, very early into that process, um, we switched defenses. We we switched base defenses, and it was a big deal, right? Because we had ran the three four forever, and then we decided to switch to a four three, and that required us blowing the hell up of everybody that we had on the defense up to that point. And we invested all of our uh, draft capital and free agent assets in, in, uh, into, uh, you know, r- changing over to that base scheme. And then, <laughs> two years later, we went right back to the three four after doing all of that. And then the guys that we had gotten in the the, the you know the the four three. Good players like Jabal Sheard, you know, wasn't didn't fit, wasn't a good match, and he ended up, you know, uh, walking away, getting a ring. I think didn't he get a ring with the, with the Patsies? I think he did. Um, so you know, there there's that. You've got um, guys like him, but you know, not everybody. Phil Taylor, and although he had it was really more injury than uh, uh, scheme misalignment, but a lot of the players that we had, particularly in our front seven. On defense, which obviously is the the you know the base core of the entire defensive unit, you know those guys were you know they were all mismatches you know inside inside outside linebacker everybody was drafted to play schemes for the most part that they you know they they weren't playing by the time we got to Sashi and Hugh walking into the door, walking through the door into the building to take control of all of this, 
And so, I, you know, at that point, and same thing on offense. You realize how many consecutive years we have had different offensive coordinators and different offensive schemes and different. I mean, it's every it's every year. And it's basically the same thing with the defense, too. But it's every year. There's a different. So basically all of those guys that were on the roster after by this time they were hired in 2016. So that's you know seven years, seven seasons of this constant uh, overturning of the previous regime, whether not even, you know, part way through getting done with it, we turn it over and the guys that are left over on the roster are just, they've been mind effed. You know, Mitchell Schwartz had three coaches in the four years that he played here. I mean, I, I never believed that that guy was serious about resigning with us and he shouldn't have been because that's ridiculous. And Alex Mack was the same way. Uh, but I mean, those guys, if they didn't have the sort of, you know, really, really good talent, I mean, the sort of talent that can overcome playing in a total cluster fudge of a situation, such as we had here, and you have, I mean, seriously, you, you, you are denying reality if you don't acknowledge that that has an impact, that the constant carousel has an impact. I'm not saying that it's everybody, and there are certainly players that can overcome it, but it has an impact on the players that you're trying to bring in. So at that point, I don't really have a problem after so many years of this, of those guys saying, all right, we're, we're, we're done. We're, all of these guys... You know, Benji, Tayshon, uh, Carlos Dansby, D- uh, Dante Whitner. Any of these guys, are you sad about any of these? Okay, Taylor Gabriel, but we've talk- talked so much about Taylor Gabriel. Um, who else? Who am I missing here in, in year one that we uh, that we let go? Andy Lee, although he was a trade uh, later on. Um, who else? Who else? Tremont Williams, or he was this last offseason. Um, you know, Dwayne Bow. <laughs> I don't think anybody was too sad to, to uh, see him go. Who else that we let go that, that, um, re- that was worth – you know, people always point to Schwartz and and uh, Mac, but Mac was there was no there's no reasonable person that that uh, can say that Mac was was going to do anything other than bail the first moment that he had a chance. I mean, there was that the writing was on the wall for that for three years when they fired Chud. The white the writing was on the wall that that was going to happen, um, and then with. Um, with uh, Schwartz again, you've, you, I, I just I never believed that he was ever going to resign with us, and I and for for, for uh, the most part, his brother through uh, Twitter kind of signaled that that was going to happen. And what he did, from my vantage point, looked to be the exact same thing that Jordan Cameron tried and uh, successfully did to us the year before, where he got us to publicly agree to terms with him, on a, or at least the agent came out and announced that we had agreed to a deal with him. And he then goes out, announces it, gets the Dolphins to uh, Annie up, and he signs a bigger deal with them, basically, you know, screwing us while, you know, and laughing at us all in the process. Well, you know, I, I, look at there's there's no reason to be used like that and people um you know they kind of I, I, I don't want to say i don't want to say hissy fit but it definitely is um way way overdone in my opinion about how the 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 uh the team just kind of uh you know pulled the offer on schwartz and and wanted to prove a point and really showed him but look if the guy was not serious about and and he got a the best offer and who, we don't know how all these the situ- negotiations went down to begin with. I'm just saying I was never all that upset about Mitchell Schwartz and quite honestly I'm looking at Sean Coleman right now. Sean Coleman to me looks about as good as Mitchell Schwartz did through most of the time that he was here. And Mitchell Schwartz had I mean he looked Mitchell Schwartz looked a lot better his final year and his final uh, two years with with uh, the club than uh, you know he certainly than he did his first uh, he was a second round pick so his first two years in the league. I mean, 
mean, he looked... Sean Coleman looks about where Mitchell Schwartz was. So it means we, we probably got a Mitchell Schwartz replacement in Sean Coleman in the draft. It just took a year for him to develop. And then, you know, uh, Austin Pastor did meh, about the same last year. Point is, I, as much as I would have liked to have personally would have liked to have kept Mitchell Schwartz, whatever. I mean, he was part of everybody else that was let go. And we went about replacing basically every position group on the team and whatever was left over whatever we didn't attack in year one we basically finished it off in year two who did we let go this year i know that uh tremont williams was in one of those and people i think you know he he kind of took a lot of uh, um it took a lot of i, I didn't think that he was as, as bad as he got um a lot of credit for whatever um but whoever else was left that was up for contract i don't think the only people that we bothered trying to keep what well, you know we we erfed uh jamie meter we uh, um, re-signed Jamie Collins, and we am I missing anybody on this? And then we also uh, we tried and, and didn't were not able to, was not able to secure uh, Terrell Pryor. But you know that beat beat the hell out of that subject when it was going on, and I'm not you know all that upset about that. And I don't really I mean Pryor w- would be better than what has been out there this year. Certainly, would him being out there you know uh benefit the the 21 year old quarterback enough to where it would be significantly better than what we've seen i don't know i I suppose that's a good challenge and a good question i i kind of doubt it because he really wasn't that good last year i mean he didn't his play didn't really do a whole hell of a lot to elevate the guys that were out there trying you know desperately in vain and it's not like he didn't get a boatload of targets um any any probably definitely would have this year with uh, with coleman being hurt early in the year much as uh he was last year so i mean i'm not i'm not trying to say that we would be better off if we had uh, Terrell Pryor than having Kenny Britt. Um, I'm just saying, in the grand scheme of things, I'm just not that upset about any of the people that we have let go, given um, the way that this franchise was, you know, you have to use the air quotes, constructed before these guys got here. It was a hodgepodge of mismatched talent that was accumulated by various um, different you know, ultimate uh, people that got fired over a whole bunch of years. And by the time these guys walked in the door, they had they had to have. And they did. They said, look, we, we got to start totally over with this. Okay, now here we are. We are 22 games into this. And look at where we are. I am... I, 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 I've talked about this before. I did this during the, the preseason. And I think that it's worth visiting again. Position by position on the roster, you know, where we are, I'm looking at, okay, the quarterback position, we've beaten that to death. We know where we are with it, and where we are with it right now is hopefully Hugh Jackson tomorrow um, doing some sort of moonwalk that gets him back to Deshaun Kaiser starting for the rest of the year and us sticking with that plan barring injury. And that might also involve bringing Cod back up. For some reason, I I just, I, I see Cod being in the picture at some point. Uh, I, I find it to be just it, it, almost inevitable because of the Hogan decision for for a variety of really you know rabbit trail type reasons that I'm not going to delve into you know with with all of this. But be that as it may, I hope that it's it's you know um, that it's getting back to Kaiser. But looking back, looking at all of the other position groups that are there, the running back position, I, I, I'm not I've not been impressed terribly with Isaiah Crowell. He's had his moments. Uh, he's he's made a couple of uh, of uh, splash runs, I guess. I've been very invigorated. I love Duke Johnson. I think he's proven to be our clearly our most productive and our best offensive playmaker. Uh, no doubt about it. I would love to see uh, Duke be the feature back. It, uh, it seems 
uh, it seems apparent that he has, you know, issues, you know, being on the field to take on that sort of workload. And okay, fine. I'm not going to hold that against him. That's that's not really, you know, all that unusual. People may somebody made a very um, it's a very interesting comparison to Eric Metcalf, one of my all-time favorite Browns. Eric Metcalf, just if you, if you if you were around and you watched him back in those days, man, he was fun to watch. Just just lightning quick player, was a threat to score every time he had his hands on the ball because he was faster than everybody on the field. He was faster than well, maybe not faster, but he was as fast, maybe a click faster than Deion Sanders. And 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 that's he was I mean, he was he was legitimately one of the fastest players in the league when he was um when he was playing for us and people have and Duke's not that fast but I, I like the comparison to uh, to Metcalf because of the type of player that he was he could definitely run the ball but you know you never you didn't really think of him as a between the tackles uh you know running back although uh people often lament uh, Metcalf up the middle that was kind of a joke when Belichick was the coach and and people uh you know uh, referred to it disparagingly and so on back in those days again fans don't know what they're talking about in, in many respects when it comes to the early process of these things because people wanted Belichick I, I noted this yesterday people wanted Belichick out of Cleveland basically um, from the end of his his first year especially after we had a close loss to the Oilers where Matt Stover missed the chip shot field goal that would have won us the game or would have tied it and brought it into over, overtime and, and by the way people hated Matt Stover and wanted uh, him gone after that Stover was Stover was terrible. Belichick was terrible. All of this was known by the fan base uh, after like you know thirteen or fourteen games of his rookie year, and it stayed that way until about week five or six of uh, the of the nineteen ninety four season, wherein we ultimately finished eleven and five. So. Just saying, fans generally don't know um, uh, what it, uh, about that. But I didn't mean to get bogged down in that. Metcalf during those days uh, was a tremendously talented player. From you know the the standpoint that he could beat you uh, at various levels. You know, not just at running back, he could also beat you as a receiver. I think Duke is uh, probably and you know, not probably he's definitely at Metcalf's level of being a receiver out of the backfield. So I do like the comparison. Point is, um, I'm not at all. I, I'm, I'm disappointed in, in Crow, um, but I'm not, you know, like down in the dumps about it. I, I, I love the OCCB's, uh, OCBB's suggestion today that we um, uh, trade for Carlos Hyde. I would absolutely um, endorse that wholeheartedly. Uh, would, would love to, to see that move, and I think that it would make a lot of sense to involve uh, Crow in whatever compensation we send back to the Niners because he had some uh, some success in uh, Shanny's offense when um, when he was over here running it. But uh, uh, um, I'm saying that overall, the running back position with Duke, um, I, I'm, I'm not unhappy about the talent level at the running back position and whatever happens in the offseason I've you know talked extensively about the uh, uh, Saquon Barkley who I think is just a tremendous running back talent and you know I could end up being wrong about that and or I could change my mind as we get closer to draft time but right now he just looks like a stud that I would love for us to draft next year with Kaiser being our starting quarterback but no, not getting ahead of myself as far as that goes I'm not down on the running back talent throw Danny Vitale in there and um, although he hasn't really done a whole lot from scrimmage I kind of was hoping that we would see a little bit more of him involved in the offense but that really hasn't materialized um, uh, much you know him having his hands on the ball hasn't really happened still 
not terribly unhappy at the, with the running back uh, position. Um, we could certainly improve upon it, but then again, you know, that's not really a terrible place to be. You look at the wide receivers. Mention that they're 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 god awful. Although although, you know, Casey Williams, Bryce Treggs, those guys have have, have uh, shown something. You know, Rashard Higgins had the one big game, and even Ricardo Lewis had you know looked pretty good out there on Sunday. For some somehow some way, the wide receiving group has looked better, at least from the standpoint of not dropping everything thrown to them. Uh, over the last two weeks, which of course coincides with uh, Hogan uh, not being able to hit the broad side of the barn. But nevertheless, the wide receiver group overall is extraordinarily poor. I acknowledge that, and I do think that it ought to be a uh, an, a, a, a focus of emphasis as the offseason um, approaches and we, you know, via free agency or... Um, the draft, I, you know, I, I one one move in particular that happened during the off season. The Rams uh, signed Robert Woods, the uh, wide receiver of the Buffalo Bills. Now later on, they they traded for Sammy Watkins, but Woods, he signed a a really huge contract, and I remember at the time people were just incredulous. At 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 uh, Robert, you know, why would you sign Robert Woods for for you know that much? Because Robert Woods is a is a pretty good receiver. He's just a, a good receiver. He runs good routes. He's physical. He's you know he's not gonna um, you know he's not lightning fast, but he's fast enough and he catches the ball. Um, you know, and, and there's guys out there that we could probably go out and and get. We could probably get a couple of those guys. That's honestly what Kenny Britt was supposed to be, uh, or something like that. But it didn't work out. All right. So we, we've got what I'm saying is we've got draft capital. We've got, you know, uh, cap capital, if you will, to go out and get some wide receivers. I'm not really worried about that. How about the tight end group? Is the tight end group right now better, worse or about the same as it was when these guys took over? I'd venture to say that it's pretty significantly better, Do you, especially the way that uh, good guy Gary played last year. And as much as I you know, enjoyed his time being in Cleveland, are, are you telling me that you'd honestly have him as opposed to either DeValve or Ninjoku? I mean, Ninjoku looks like a star. And I mean, I realize I'm still holding to it's, it's early on a lot of this, but he also looked like he was going to be a star coming into the league. And he's definitely, when you get the ball close to him, the homeboy can go get it. I'm, I love that. I love him. I mean, he looks like, right now I'm looking at our three draft picks and Njoku uh, and Garrett look like solid hits and Peppers looks like a solid miss, which is why I think that you need to just kind of hold back on all of them. You know, and I don't want to declare uh, any of it as final right now but you gotta say just looking at it right now i'm i i don't really think that you can say that the um that the tight end position is is it's certainly i don't think you could say that it's worse and i think that it pretty clearly is better so you move to the offensive line and in this you know people um again they they, they moan about well they inherited mac and schwartz again i'm not i'm not ca- you can't count mac because Mac was gone. It didn't matter. what. There was nothing that could be done. We couldn't tag him. We couldn't convince him to stay. He was leaving. He had had enough. And why, how can anybody in their right mind blame him? How can, how can anybody even have a question in their mind about it? And, the, and honestly, the same thing is true of Mitchell Schwartz. So if you really want to be realistic about it, what they had uh, you know, walking in the door was Irving at center. And, you know, Pastor hadn't even played any right tackle. I don't even think they had a right tackle on the roster at that point. Because it was... I'm trying to think. Um, 
who was the guy that we got? Bowie. Was he still on the roster at that point? He might have. Michael Bowie still might have. So that might have been it. It might have been Irving at center and Bowie at, at right tackle uh, when these guys walked in the door. Because, again, I, okay, even if you count Mitchell Schwartz, um, if you go position by position, Joe Thomas, is he, you know, uh, Joe Thomas is Joe Thomas. That's a wash. Petonio, um, uh, well, actually, a uh, a healthy Petonio, it seems, you know, knock on, you know, wood uh, thus far, has, uh, you know, that, that's a wash compared to what they had walking into it. Center, is Treader better than Irving? Mm, yeah, I think so. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Uh, how about Zeitler uh, over Greco? At worst, I think you call that a wash. And so then, again, you know, you go uh, Sean Coleman versus uh, Mitchell Schwartz. Is Coleman as good as Schwartz? Yeah, maybe not totally, but you know, there's not that really wide of a, of a golf there. So is the offensive line, you know, better, worse, or about the same as it was when these guys took over? Yeah, it's about the same, maybe a little better, I, I would say. I, I thought coming into the year had the potential to be great. For some reason, the run blocking just has not uh, materialized, and maybe that scheme, I don't know. Um, maybe that's Crow. Duke seems to be able to get yards in chunks. And Crow seems to be able to as well sometimes, but it's just really inconsistent. But the pass blocking has been there. The pass blocking, other than the first game against Pittsburgh, when a lot of that, really a lot of that was, was Kaiser, uh, the processing, I think the, the, the pass blocking has been on point. I, I don't have a problem with the way that this line has pass blocked this year. So then you move over to the, the defensive side of the ball. And here, I, I okay, is the defensive line that we had going Going into uh, when, when these guys walked in the door, uh, compared to what it is today, is what we have today better, worse, or about the same as what we had back then? And I think if you go, so, so who did we have back then? We hadn't drafted Ogba yet. Who did, who do we even have on on uh, the club at this point? I honestly have to think about this um, because it's it's I mean it's only been two years, but okay, we had uh, we we were transitioning. We were still basically in a three four, right? So if you if right, yeah, because Miller ran the thing. That way, so our our so we we essentially had three DLs, and we really didn't have you know our edge guys were were outside linebackers. So we had Mingo uh, and Kruger; those were basically our edge guys, and we had an Orchard who we had drafted the year before. Um, anybody else? Am I missing somebody? I think we had, I mean, we might have had Cam Johnson. I think at that point uh, playing on the edge, uh, and we got there was some guy that we picked up. Uh, it's, it's escaping me. There was one of these guys. You know, Evan Moore type, somebody that that showed up. Um, that's uh, oh, uh, uh, ice bath. That's right, Scott Solomon. That he was. I'm almost positive he was still on the roster at that point. But anyway, anyway, those were our edge guys. Interior, you had uh, Shelton coming off a rookie year. You had uh, sorry. I mean, I think. Uh, that's a, that's a wash. You know, I mean, although Shelton today is is better than um, than than Shelton then, but you know, the, I, I, for the purposes of this discussion, I don't know that you can. Well, I don't know. Maybe you can uh, il- use that to illustrate uh, the differences as far as how the roster has grown uh, between then and now. Um, who else? I think okay, Desmond Bryant. He, uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain he was one of the starters. John Hughes. Uh, who am I missing here? Was there, was there anybody else that of of note that Jamie Meter? We we he, he was on the team. We had we had him then. We have him now. Him and Shelton are really the only ones of that group that are still here. We we divested ourselves of Bryant after he missed all of last year with the Peck, and um, then we we just flat out cut Hughes. When did we cut Hughes? Was it last? Was it in preseason last year? I don't. And I don't even know. I think he. I think he wound up with the Colts. If uh, if memory serves, so you compare that to what we have. Oh, okay, so um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep that delineation. The defensive line now is you know Garrett we've had for two games, Agba 
on the edge, along with Orchard in third year versus Orchard in rookie season, and Carl Nassib. Is that edge combination of those guys better, worse, or about the same as Mingo, Kruger, and uh, Cam Johnson and Scott Solomon? It's not close, and you know it. You know that we have a much, much, much better situation on the edge than what we had with those guys uh, back back in those days. And it was worth it for Agba to get all of those reps last year, um, as a matter of fact. So letting Kruger go, Kruger is an example of one of those guys, letting him go and letting Agba, you know, get the reps, that was a good move. That was the, that was a smart move. That was the right move. And now Agba is really starting to look like a player. And from what I see, he looks he's starting to really look like, especially if Garrett can ever be 100% full-time on the other side, it looks like that's going to be a really, really fun combination to watch for a while. Shelton, um, that game on Sunday, the guy looked like a monster. He's really coming along, and I, I don't know how you how you can't be overjoyed with uh, Trevon Coley, Larry Ogunjobi, and really Shogun more than than uh, Coley, uh, and, and even uh, Brantley. I mean, the the guys that we were able to pick up on the interior in what was really a really weak interior draft, uh, supposedly. Although the only one we got out of there was Brantley, but we and Ogunjobi, but we really got some good young talent on the interior. Okay, so is that better, worse, or about the same as Meter, uh, Shelton, and Hughes and Desmond Bryant? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely liking our guys better. We are shutting the run down. We haven't done that since Dick Duran was the coach. And so, yeah, I, I don't particularly think that, that 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 that's close. I think that overall, then, when you look at the defensive line as opposed to you know now versus two years ago, it's clearly better. It's clearly better. So then you move on to the linebackers. They had uh, Christian Kirksey, you know, who's uh, still on the team. That's you know, oh, you know, I don't know. If, again, it's the same thing as uh, Shelton. Is it a wash? He's a better player now than he was then, but you know. He's, uh, he's one of those guys. Who else? Carlos Dansby um, replaced him with Jamie Collins. Yeah, I think that's a pretty clear upgrade. Um, who else? Who am I, uh, who am I forgetting here? Tank was on the team. Didn't really play a whole lot on defense. We have Tank. He's on IR. But uh, has Joe Schobert played better than Tank did? I think so. He's kind of, re- I don't know if regressed is the right word, but he's not been as, I don't know, uh, he hasn't popped as much on the screen the last couple of weeks as he did earlier in the season, especially in the preseason. But I, I don't even remember who else we had at you know playing linebacker of of note uh and I, so i don't know that that uh, dominique alexander or uh um Deion king you know I, I i don't know who else we had at that time i'm, I'm sure if i sit and look at the roster I'm like oh yeah we had that guy but I, I don't remember who else we had that was playing linebacker so is the group that we have now better worse or about the same as the group that we had two years ago is there any question about it that it's better i, I think that it's clearly better um, and, and look, some of it's better just by Kirksey just developing as a player. Sometimes the roster just gets better because players get more reps and they get better. Sometimes players just get better the more experience they get in the NFL. I realize that for seriously for some people. After three years of saying this, I realize that for some people this is just something that is, is very difficult to ascertain. But it happens. And so just by Kirksey just playing, trust me, there was a lot of people that wrote that guy off um, very early in the process as well. But, you know, he looks, and he's certainly got his flaws. I'm not saying that he's, um, you know, that, that he's anything terribly special, but he's, you know, he's, he's a better player now than he was two years ago. Overall, the linebacking core is better than it was two years ago. So let's move on to the secondary. And I think that here it's very important to um, – to uh, delineate, to differentiate between the the cornerbacks and the safeties. I think if you look at 
um, the end of if if you look at what they had with Joe Hayden um, at the end of 2015, and even taking into consideration what ultimately the contributions Joe Hayden made to the team in 2016, compare that to Jason McCourty. Um, McCourty better is is that what do you think if you, if you compare where we are in 2015 with Joe Hayden compared to where we are right now compared to Jason McCourty who's better I'm I'm going with McCourty I think McCourty's a better player I and and I look if you go back and and read the stuff that I wrote I wasn't really talking uh, at that point we didn't have the network up and running we were still in our uh, infantile stages of uh, you know creating really clever gifts to uh, post on the chow every day which were awesome and everybody loved and looked forward to and uh it was um it it, it worked out quite well but but i wasn't talking at that time but i definitely wrote at length uh I, you know at, at you know a, a, a lot of length about how i i really had thought that joe joe hayden had played really going all the way back to to, to 14 2014 uh he, he he had some some nice moments but he also got burned a lot it's really been his whole career. But I'm just saying that he was already kind of on that decline. And in 2015, he played terribly whenever he did play, but he was hurt most of the year. So I'm saying if you compare our number one guy, uh, Joe Hayden, to our number one guy now, clearly Jason McCourty, yeah, I think McCourty's definitely a better player and, and definitely an upgrade at the position. So then who else? Who did we have uh, on the team that was playing at the cornerback position? Again, this is off memory, but we had uh, Tremont Williams. Probably more. I probably mentioned Tremont Williams more today than I ever have in any program previously. But Tremont, we had Tremont Williams, who uh, you know everybody despised <laughs> for various reasons, um, and, and which I didn't think was all that bad of a player. So compare him to Jamar Taylor or Brian Body Calhoun. Who am I? Who am I forgetting that was also playing cornerback for us? I know that we drafted Gaines. Uh, he doesn't count. Who who do we have that we let go? Uh, had to be somebody that I'm just not thinking of that we had on the roster and oh uh, well we had Buster Screen we let him go the year before though uh, we let him go after the 2014 right yeah it was the 2014 season we let Buster go who, who else do we have that was I don't even remember who we had playing at cornerback so I mean I, I don't know that whoever else we had playing at cornerback was appreciably better or worse than uh, the combination of Jamar Taylor, Breon, Body Calhoun and well, we haven't seen Howard Wilson yet so that's kind of a wild card uh, in the mix so then based on that and i'm sorry i'm just i'm not looking any of this up i'm just going based off memory here but i play i pay pretty close enough attention that i think that if i can't remember if a guy played for us probably wasn't all that significant right i mean I, it, it probably uh worked out that way i remember when sheldon brown played for us because he stood out he actually did some some good fib but i don't remember anybody i, re- I remember hayden and i remember tremont and uh oh yeah, how could i possibly forget that that's why i can't remember that uh, i couldn't remember who we had on the team because who we had on the team it just it just uh to, to use a, uh, a a grand theft autoism it hit me like a slippery fish we had justin gilbert and just uh pierre desir on the roster <laughs> yeah. all right i was i was about to call this a wash the cornerback position is clearly better than it was too there's no there it, I, I, honestly i don't think there's any room for debate that the combination of jason McCoy Cordy, Breon Potty Calhoun, Jamar Taylor, and whatever we get out of Howard Wilson is better than, you know, Joe Hayden at that stage, uh, Justin Gilbert, Tremont Williams, and Pierre Desir. Um, not to say that Pierre uh, Desir uh, couldn't still become a player. He's, he showed uh, up in the preseason, but 
whatever. Uh, yeah, I think that the cornerback. Now, the safety position. This is one where we can definitely, if you look at, you know, they had Tayshawn Gibson and uh, Dante Whitner. Now, both of those guys had come off of really, really, I, I don't want to say horrifically bad um, years because I kind of need to leave some, some uh, you know, some... Uh, histrionics in the in the back pocket to describe what Peppers has been, and, and to a lesser extent, but still for the most part, Kindred. Kindred, I think, gets a lot of undue love. He's he's not done very well this year, I don't think, in, in my uh, amateur pedestrian view. But I, I think ultimately the safety position this year has been very very poor. I I, I don't really think, and, and this is I think a legitimate question possibly because you look at the talent that's there you may be able to say uh is is this a is this a scheme problem or is this a talent deficiency right now i'm um maybe not even talent deficiency is the right word i i think that peppers has just played just very 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 poorly and, and i think that he's one of the most talented players that we've drafted in a long time i mean i a clear you know crazy talent but there's just a, uh, a a disconnect in you know instincts, ability to um, diagnose, and it, it's it's cost us a lot. And now, and if you, but honestly, Tayshawn Gibson and Dante Whitner, I mean, I, I, you got to really kind of go back and forth on this because those guys were really, really bad. I, I, I'm sure we had somebody else that uh, that we had. I'm not thinking. Well, we had Ibrahim Campbell was a rookie. Ibrahim Campbell was is still on the team this year. Ibrahim Campbell is a rookie versus Ibrahim Campbell now. Eh, I'd say that's about a wash. You know, uh, not really all that terribly impressive. And although you know, there's a guy that I was really investing a lot of hope in. But anyway, um, I think that you could probably say as bad as um, uh, Gibson and Whitner were. Yeah, the safety position probably was better than it was two years ago uh but i still even if i had to do all over again would not to me that that doesn't reason there's there's nothing there that then translates to well then we should have just kept gibson and whitner no no i'm good with letting both of those guys go i'm good and i, I don't know is is a uh, whitner is a uh, gibson still uh starting for the jags i haven't I, I i don't know i haven't i haven't been paying it uh close enough attention i thought that that was a bad move it turned out like it might have been pretty good for them actually uh but whatever I, I don't think that Whitner's playing for anybody, but I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't. Rem- I I just don't. And I'm sorry that I don't have that that prep in front of me, and I failed you as a show host yet again. But whatever, I, I'm willing to concede as bad as they were in. Uh, and there's somebody that I'm missing too. There's somebody that I'm missing that we had at the safety spot. Did we have Jim Leonard? No, Jim Leonard was uh, you know um, uh, <laughs> elite uh, fair catch. You know, goat fair catcher uh, Jim Leonard was uh you know what he was the year before uh, and honestly yeah i i wouldn't mind just having a guy fair catch every time but uh whatever we've talked about that in the past as well uh so okay but to this point um we'll move on to we've, we've covered all the position groups except for the special teams now so you look at kicker is what do we have who do we have at the end of uh 2015 was that coons was that Travis Coons? I think that was Travis Coons. Travis Coons versus Zane Gonzalez. What do you think? I'm. Uh, what do you think? I. I would. I'd pick Zane. I know that he had uh, some struggles uh, against the Jets, but Coons, I think, had a, a an, an unfixable trajectory issue that once teams were able to uh, key in on it, they just. I mean, he was getting he, every kick was getting blocked. It was. It was. It was. It was ridiculous. 
uh, at the end of the 2015 season. So even though he had a really uh, accurate year up until that point, but he was, it was one of these things. He, mi- he didn't miss a kick until the kick six against the, the Ravens. Had to suppress a curse word there. But he didn't give up anything. You know, he, he, he made all of them until that one. And then that one, uh, after that, then all of them were getting blocked. Uh, so there was a problem with, with, with that fundamentally. So I don't know. I, maybe people would prefer Coons. But I think that, that uh, at very least, it's not worse off than we are. So, okay, punter. We did have Andy Lee. Andy Lee was very good. Andy Lee was a guy that uh, we that um, we 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 traded for him. People forget this. We traded a seventh round pick to the 49ers to get Andy Lee. And I'm sure at the time the Niners were like, can you believe that the Browns would trade a seventh round pick for a punter? And they had they'd already I think that they spent a fifth round pick on the punter the year before. Well, then, of course, Sashi was able to turn around and, and parlay that into not really a. I mean, people uh, give uh, Sashi credit for getting a fourth round pick for um, for uh, uh, Andy Lee. But honestly, that was just part of the compensation. We had to give up a seventh. So we moved up three rounds. Still a really good value. Don't get me wrong. It was still a great trade for us to get um, Andy Lee. And we got Britton Colquitt. And I don't know, is Andy Lee way better than, than Britton Colquitt? Honestly, Britton Colquitt's having a great year. He really is having a it, – it's looked really good. I mean, is is he – does he – is he better than, than what Andy Lee was? Okay, I, I'm even willing to concede that Andy Lee was a better punter um, than, than Britton Colquitt. Okay, fine. Fine. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. I think – Honestly, personally, I, I would I'd probably give the nod to Colquitt because he's played really well. But whatever, I, 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 or even much closer to a wash. But I'll give it. I'll give you uh, the punter uh, return game. Did we even have a return guy? Yeah, we, well, we had Benji. Okay, we had ben, uh, we had Benji. Did have Benji, and he was also uh, on the wide receiver part of the wide receivers. So yeah, wide receiver. We already covered that uh, was better, and yeah, Benji was was certainly better as a return guy than uh, what we've seen, although Peppers finally got um, his first. Um, I thought I, I thought he made a good uh, punt return move. Just It wasn't a very long one, but it was just a good move catching it on the, on the run and making a nice, you know, it was only a 14-yard game. But I, he certainly hasn't been, you know, Benji, the moment that he got on the field, he was electric, and certainly, and, and that year he was good. So, yeah, definitely um, a better uh, return game that, that they uh, inherited and thus, um, you know, let divested themselves of, let go of, and and that has not been adequately replaced to the same level as yet. Uh, so what else? Long snapper was was Hewlett the long snapper? I don't know. I don't care. I, I don't even remember who the guy was before him. It'll actually come to me when I'm thinking about it because the guy had a weird name. But I think all long snappers are. I, I think for some reason long snappers are just supposed to have weird names. Uh, anyway, it, it's a wash. Uh, Hewlett's fine. I don't recall there being any snap issues. So it's so at the end of all of it now. If you now having gone through the entire roster, the positions that we were better at that when they or I should say the positions that we have either not improved on or at very least have a a similar level of talent at the position as when these guys took over. We've just went over the entire roster, okay? I think that we can all agree quarterback, wide receiver, safety, punter and kick returner those are the ones and did i did i did i miss anything i think that pretty much we covered all the rest of the position groups quarterback wide receiver safety 
uh, punter and and again, punter is very specious. I, th- I think I, you got to throw. I, I'm not even. Gonna, you know what? I'm not, I'm not even going to throw punter in there. The kickers are. In fact, if if Zane is slightly better than Coons and and Lee is slightly better than than uh, Colquitt, then whatever. It's it's a wash. I'm not even going to throw the kickers into there for the purposes of this discussion. Um, because because it's absurd. I I'm sorry, but quarterback, wide receiver, safety, and kick returner. And who knows? Peppers could still turn out to be a good kick returner. It's just it hasn't. He hasn't just been. I think actually, I, 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 it's probably not fair to say that uh, that 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 he's been especially bad uh, at it. It's he really hasn't. He's not been especially good at it either. But I, I, that's not really my my problem with with Peppers' game to this point this year. And I think that there's certainly more evidence to suggest that he can get better at that. I'm not. In other words, while while Benjamin, while Benji was certainly a better return guy and a much better return guy and a much better receiver, quite honestly. Um, you know he's he was he's definitely a guy that I would uh, have certainly liked, but he's another guy that you know three coaches in four years. Why would you stay? Why would you stay? And why would you stay if you knew if you're him, you know, you know that you're going to be the next year at minimum the next year, and probably because it's us, it's going to be the next several years. You're going to get you know Dick Swingington out there throwing you passes at really really subpar quarterback level of play yeah I understand why he went to go hang with Philip Rivers I totally get that it, there's no it, it, that's not surprising to me at all why he would make that move um, and I and who knows how how hard we tried to uh, to bring him back here um, oh baby Hawks also part of there uh, yeah I'm 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 good yes yes the Ray Farmer collect this this is some ultimate irony here this, this will actually probably call some people people's blood to boil the Ray Farmer collection of wide receivers that we had when these guys took over were better than the ones that um, that we have right now, um, and with uh, although right now does uh, very much includes not having uh, Corey Coleman in the lineup. When Coco gets back, it's entirely possible that this wide receiver group because I'm I'm very I'm just, like I say I'm I'm bullish on the kid. Yeah, fine, you know he's been hurt. Oh, uh, 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 very important ability is availability, and he hasn't had it. Fine, 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 whatever, I'm fine, but. Um, I, I'm willing to. I'm, I'm. I've conceded the point a thousand times. This wide receiver group that we have right now isn't just as be- isn't just worse than what we had two years ago. It's one of the worst the league has ever seen, in my view. So I think that that's going to have to be a point of emphasis. But those that those two things. I mean, it being so bad and it having such a deleterious impact, unfortunately, on the quarterback position, which isn't good to begin with. I mean, a, a bad quarterback may be able to overcome you know uh, average or even lousy wide receiver play, but when it's this bad, you know, a guy that is is just learning um in kaiser or a guy that's just flat terrible like hogan it doesn't have a chance if you don't have you know not even uh, you know average in you know, a wide receiver play so i'm willing to admit that uh, not well not admit it it's just it's I'm, I'm willing to acknowledge that that wide receiver needs to be um you know a, a point of emphasis the quarterback position needs to be resolved uh, one way or another and it's still entirely look as we sit here today it is october 17th uh 2017 three years from now i i you know i might i might not even be trotting the earth at that point it could be um or i could be you know fantastically wealthy or living in a cardboard box any of those things are are likely i may be broadcasting to you from a prison somewhere who knows uh what's going on three years from now but it's entirely possible that um, that Deshaun Kaiser can absolutely be our franchise quarterback. There is nothing, there is nothing to definitively say from what he has shown to this point in his rookie season, 21 years old, that he cannot get it done at this level. It just isn't, there just is not enough data left, and it's going to take more than one year to make that determination. Now, I'm not 
saying, this is not me declaring, that Kaiser will be the starter. And I'm not hedging my bets on this. I'm just saying, I I would say, generally speaking, as we sit right now, the arrow, if, if I were to guess, right, if I was to take an avatar bet, which I you know wouldn't do, or if I was, if I, better yet, if I was to make a another 12-ski bet um, with a BTB about this, I would say it's probably more likely than not that Kaiser has the goods and could become that guy. Whether or not that happens is going to depend on a couple of things. Uh, not the not the least of which at all is what we do at the end of the season vis-a-vis the coaches, which is the and and the front office and the whole uh, blowing up of all of this. And I think that this weekend I'm actually going to. I didn't do the article last Sunday. I know Farm was was uh, uh, he, he gave me a little grief over it, and I don't blame him. Um, really, I was just in a bad mood over the whole Hogan thing. But I, I think the, what I'm going to do this week is uh, the anatomy of a blow-up, because we're, we're seeing the buses get warmed up for it right now. And I have no idea if uh, Haslam is going to, uh, what direction he's going to go in. I have, I can hope, but I don't know. I can speculate, but I don't know. I can wish, but I don't know. I can, you know, have a reason-considered opinion based on, uh, you know, evidence, but I don't know. And I have no way of knowing, so I'm just watch. I'm just along for the ride like the rest of you, of you people. But if, but I'm just saying, Kaiser could be the guy. And, um, you know, if, if you're listening to this three years from now for some reason, and, and we're talking about this, um, I, it, it, it could happen that, that that could turn out that way. Um, but we don't we don't know that this year, and that's a question that's going to have to be settled one way or another. Because as I say, if you go into the off season, if we if we finish out the rest of this year, Kaiser's able to start every game, which I think is a good possibility. He hasn't shown, you know, he hasn't been hurt, and he's taken some hits. I mean, he took a, a crunch in that Jets game where it's like, come on, dude, you gotta you gotta slide. You know, you're too tall to get bundled up like that. That's how Hoyboy got hurt. You know, you can't be having that. We can't be, you know, if, especially if he does get good. Look what look at the Packers. They're done. They're done. They might as well. There's well, actually, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe Brent Hundley will. Um, you know, we'll be able to show he was a guy that was a high uh, quarterback prospect a few years back that the that the uh, pack were able to uh, sit on the bench for two years. Really the same kind of he's actually going to be an interesting case study. I think I'm going to watch uh, Green Bay and see how uh, how he performs. But, you know, I, I, we're, right now, everybody's expectations that the pack are done. And so, yeah, you, you, you know, you got to make sure that you, you protect yourself out there. But all I'm saying is that if by the between now and the end of the year, if there just looks like there's no progress being made at all on the speeding up of the clock, which I thought it was all we were already seeing some progress with that um, and the decision making, you know, the, the picks in the red zone and the, uh, you know, the the, the uh, inaccuracy pangs that, that occur from time to time. Well, then. All right. First of all, if that's the case, then we're only going to win one game, two games or maybe none. You know, that's, that's entirely po- possible. But I don't I, I really don't believe that that's and Hugh reiterated uh, the other day that he's that he's not he's not jumping in that lake. You know, they're 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 going to get this together. They're going to win some games. I love that. I love the fact that he's <coughs> excuse me. Honestly, that's the uh, the uh, ravages I was uh, referring to earlier. Um, I honestly uh, I, I think that he. I, in fact, I'm, I'm quite positive after watching that performance on Sunday. They have he, he hasn't lost the team. They're still with him. They haven't quit on him. He's still got that team. And really, what's more important than that? You know, he's got the team. So if he's got the team, uh, the rest of this can be salvaged. But this whole quarterback situation is is sticky, and it, it almost it almost worked. It, it almost could work out because Hogan was so bad. He was so 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 bad. And this is not the pig pile on him and not to point any fingers OMB. I'm just saying he was so bad that you can you can credibly Hugh can credibly 
go to the cameras and say with a straight face and to his team, I think, with a straight face and say, look, and he did say this on Sunday already. I, you know, I never said that that we were done with with Deshaun. I just, you know, I felt like he needed to uh, to take a step back. And I and I do, you know, believe in Kevin. It's just, you know, he had a rough day out there. And but I, I still believe in Kevin. It's just that you know we're we're going to go back and make this. Uh, we're we're going to go back to this. We're not going to make another change this year. We we felt like it was a, a smart move, and, and people I think would buy this. That um, it was we just felt like it was a smart move to. Um, not that I care if anybody buys it. Really, the only people that I care that buy it, buy it are the players. Quite honestly, uh, the players themselves that are in that locker room. But that he just needed a chance to to cool off a little bit. He just you know was was feeling a little bit of pressure that I thought it would be better for him to observe, uh, you know, from the sidelines a bit on it. And um, and we've done that, and now we want to get back into where we were because we see a lot of prog- you know, a lot of potential, and we we've seen some progress with him, and we want to uh, resume doing that. And if you know that happens i think that you know he can keep the team together and then this season ceases to be a big uh you know fat smelly fart of of waste because there's no uh you know, I, I'm sorry, but starting Kevin Hogan for the rest of the season doesn't do anything for me because he's not the answer, and him getting the reps doesn't do anything at all. It doesn't do anything for the, and we probably aren't going to win any game. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, look, I, I got to give because there were some serious mechanical looking problems. I don't know what it was. There were some serious issues with Hogan in that game, and I suppose it's possible that he could get that under control and and maybe not be as bad. Um, which is why I, I, I again, I'm. I uh, I don't find it totally implausible that that Hugh you know might have to throw him out there for another game or another couple of games. I I am not into that. I am not looking forward to that. I don't want that. But um but I can understand it. I can I can, that's why the decision that's why that's why I was so, you know, anxious when uh when when the move was made last Wednesday and why I was so yes angry sounding when I was talking about this on Sunday because it was so doggone predictable and and predicted and just painted Hugh into this uh, problematic posture where um now he's he's painted into a corner and uh, you know it, it, now you get into well you know he's lost the team and they're gonna have to fire the guy and i start speculating well if they fire him then you know you don't have to necessarily blow the team all the way up and da 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 i'm i'm totally past that we gotta stick with we hugh's got to be the guy hugh's got to be the guy after this much after the beating that he's taken in these first 22 games we got the, the dude deserves a third year to get this and i'm not talking about oh he's one of 21 i don't i don't care about any of that because I look at where we started with all of this, and because I see the improvement at all of those position groups, uh, I, I, I'm I'm more than willing to ride this horse out. So one way or the other, all right. If if Kaiser between the end of this year is unable to show even the modest progress that is necessary for us to go into the off season confident, confident with him. Which I think again would that was kind of the, back to the whole thing about four and twelve Kaiser starts every game and uh, no blow up at the end of the year. Uh, maybe I revise that now to uh, you know three and thirteen Kaiser starts fifteen games, and I don't know maybe we I, I don't even want to think about you know maybe we just get rid of Hugh and keep Seth. I don't want to I want to think about that. Maybe maybe we we maybe everybody gets their wish and we add an offensive coordinator. I think honestly, guys, I really think and and feel please feel free to tell me I'm wrong in the in the comment section of the article that i write about this um or you know you're always anybody is welcome anybody anytime any i don't know if i if i say this enough anybody at any time is welcome to debate me about any of this stuff on the program if they want to just send me a note and i'll you know barring something that just 
you know precludes our technical ability to do it we'll hook it up and i'm willing to dis- to, to discuss or debate any of this stuff and not in a, a mean-spirited fashion i don't want to try to beat anybody down with it i honestly am only trying to you know to reach the truth when it comes to all of these issues and i don't uh see somebody that has a different viewpoint of mine as being wrong we just can see things differently it's cool um i'm good to have that so i'm saying good people can disagree um with with anything with, with with all of this stuff i mean we're just talking about uh you know theory anyway but i just don't see this whole offensive coordinator not having an offensive coordinator thing as any kind of deal much less a big one because i see that you know we're, we're able to move the the ball you know between the 20s yeah i'd like to run the ball more than we do but we kind of have been haven't we i think that we've been running the ball a little bit more than we've been the last these last couple of years and i think that we've seen a, a steady you know more of that so you know that's something I'm just I'm not feeling the issue with the offensive coordinator, but maybe that's something that you know that that uh, you know is a slight deviation from my my overall view coming into the year. But I got to tell you, as each week goes by, uh, I, I'm I'm gonna you know that 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 we don't have Kaiser in there. I'm gonna be because I think that the more Kaiser plays, the better he's going to get. And by the end of the year, we're going to see that manifested in some wins. And if we got three wins this year. And I think that'd probably be enough. Four wins, I think, would definitely be enough. And then I think the four wins would be in, would would have been enough, you know, with Kaiser starting every game because of what an important benchmark that that is, uh, for a variety of reasons discussed, you know, at length prior to um, you know, to to the year. But I think that um, you know, that would have been enough for for us to be satisfied with. Okay, we go into next year with him as the as the guy, and we see what happens. See if he if he makes the jump, and if he does, great. If he doesn't, yeah, well then, um, you know, it, it's 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 certainly not a waste because he's got a lot of talent. And you know, we we may not be picking very high again, but you know, you 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 we've we've used. What I'm saying is that we've got a quarterback talent on the roster right now. Um, I'm all for. If uh, if Kaiser's not the guy, and if Kaiser's not the guy, and he doesn't prove on any of those things, and like I say, we're not going to win a whole lot anyway, if at all. So we're going to have the number one, the number two pick. And at that point, we we I would really, really, really hope. Although I've written why I think that we may not, but I would prefer, as I have the last two years, I would prefer once more that we just do it and draft whoever it is that we like and whoever it is that you like, Rosen, Darnold, or, or whichever one of those guys, and neither one of them they even come out. Uh, next year, but whoever of them that you like, whatever, um, th- that's the guy. <laughs> and this goes all. This is this was actually started uh, after the blow up uh, post twenty fifteen. Whoever it is that they like, that's my guy one hundred percent. Right now, that's my, that my, my guy is Kaiser, and I think that that should be our guy. And I think that that is our guy if if you're able to read the tea leaves on what he was saying. I could be wrong. By tomorrow this time, we will know. Um, but uh, but at any rate. I just um, I feel you know a, a lot better about everything. Not that uh, I, my 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 feeling of of dread and despair was was buttressed by, of course, the the, the terrible loss, um, the, uh, the the Hogan bad play. But as I was getting to earlier, you know, Hogan's play was so bad that it may give Hugh the type of cover that he needs to go. Because if he just goes out there and does middling, and we're in that game, then you can't you can't go back. You can't go back. I mean, you can't go back, you know, until like four or five weeks go by of, of us not winning games. But even if we lose them closely, you, you really I mean, that's that's how I'm saying. That's how profound this whole thing was. Um, and after the game on Sunday, I'm thinking to myself, you're still going to have to stick with the guy, although I did, you know, post, you know or, or uh, uh, prognosticate, I guess, pontificate, whatever. I guess that maybe we would that he would come up with a, uh, 
you know, a, 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 a reason to go back to Kaiser. And the reason was, you know, obviously the terrible performance. And, and maybe we'll see that. And hopefully that is what happens. And thus, um, I can start feeling a lot better about this season overall. Because even if Kaiser isn't the guy spending this season to find out that information, even though, you know, I, I think that it probably takes longer than that amount of time. So there is no, uh, you know, surefire way here. But I think that we're in a pretty good spot when you consider that he's part of the equation to uh, fix all of this uh, with within the, the offseason, whether it's going to be him or whether we're going to draft a guy. And if we draft a guy, guys, he's probably going to be bad for a little while. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, he's probably going to be bad for a while. So we're going to have to, we're probably going to put up with that. But, you know, if, if we do it, we do it, whatever. Um, or not. Maybe Kaiser comes out next year and plays good. Imagine that. Imagine we have a good quarterback. Wouldn't that be something? And there's no reason that we can't go out and, and solidify, fortify the wide receiver group. I mean, just getting Corey Coleman healthy is going to make a big move, is going to make a big difference. Um, the guys that, you know, that I mentioned earlier may, you know, may stick with the team and develop uh, further. I'm talking about the Treggs and Williams. And we've got, you know, draft picks and we've got all sorts of uh, money and free agency. Go get some wide receivers. I, You know what? This this whole, if nothing else this season, this is, it's like uh, 20, uh, 2012 or 2013 when we had Devon, whenever, whatever year it was, we had Devon Bess on the roster. And I was, that, that was, that, that, that was a year where it was like, okay, but we also had Josh Gordon. So it was mitigated, you know, quite a bit. But that was a year, because we also had Greg Little, where it was like, all right, yeah, wide receivers that are this bad that drop passes like this can can cripple you, and so they can't be that bad, but basically, you know, you just get some some decent guys, and they'll be just fine. And we went out and got Andrew Hawkins and Brian Hartline and, and whatever, whoever else that we've had, uh, Taylor Gabriel and so on, and, and those guys, for the most part, were fine. Uh, you know, Miles Austin, uh, you know, guys that were just, you know, that were nothing special, but they were fine when you had a you know, quarterback to, to get the ball down the field. We can go get those guys. We can go get two, three, four, five, six of those guys. I'm fine with carrying nine wide receivers on the roster. I don't care. I'm all for it. I, I've, you know, I, I have been maybe the, the wet blanket on people's, uh, you know, dream of, of getting stud wide receivers. I've been the anti Matt Millen in the sense that I just, you know, I haven't really put a whole lot of emphasis on the position, but I am all the way there. This offseason, let's go get us some, some big, tall, fast wide receivers. And actually, I don't care if they are slow and small as long as they can catch the ball. That's all that I really want them to do. I just want them to catch the ball. And and yeah, maybe hopefully run, you know, a, a good route. Um, if you can run good routes and catch the ball, I don't really care if you run a 5-7-40. It doesn't matter to me. I just want you, and which 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 is to say I wouldn't have a problem with just straight up drafting more tight ends like like a DeValve and, uh, and, and Njoku and just put those guys out. I wouldn't have a problem with that. But as long as those guys can catch. And those guys, you know, actually DeValve has a, a worse problem with that than Ninjoku does. Ninjoku really has, I don't want to, I don't, certainly don't want to jinx anything. But um, but yeah, go, let's go do it. And the same thing with the safety position. There's no reason um, to, uh, you know, to say that we can't, through free agency and the draft, get players that we need to fill, you know, that role. And I mean, look, I think that uh, you I got to be fair here. There's also the possibility that one of two things happens that Peppers either improves as a player. Um, and, and I got to tell you, you know, as I say, there's exceptions to every rule. I have the three year rule and, you know, there's exceptions on both sides of it. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not encouraged. Um, the idea of, you know, moving him full time to running back may not be, you know, the, the, the most in, in, improbable thing. 
because he's really, 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 really struggled. But he's got a lot of talent. And maybe, I, I said the combination of either that or maybe Greg Williams p- puts him in a, you know, the same type of spot that we thought that he was going to play when, uh, you know, when, when, when we drafted him that for whatever reason we, we haven't even tried him at. It seems like it would be his natural spot, that, that monster backer spot, that, that uh, nickel corner that could kind of set the edge and also, uh, you know, cover the tight ends or whatever. I mean, he's got all the physical ability in the world. It just, you know... Uh, I'm not. I'm not slamming the door on the kid. I'm just saying I'm also not uh, suggesting that he's uh, part of the solution either. I, I, I'll be. I'll be honest with you. He could very well be a, a, a busted uh, first round pick. And you know, for for that, if, as far as that goes, I would rather have Deshaun Watson. I got no problem saying that right now. But right now is not what matters. You know, if, if you're listening to this three years from now, and you, you still think that uh, Peppers is um, you know unable to cover anybody. And Deshaun Kaiser is, you know, not, you know, by this point, if he's still, you know, not doing anything in the league, well, then that, that pretty much, and, and if Deshaun Watson is still tearing it up as he has throughout the first, you know, two or three games that he's played in his NFL career, then, you know, okay, fine. That was definitely a loss. But I'm not willing to uh, throw in the towel on Peppers just yet, and nor am I on Kaiser or anybody uh, on this team. But I'm all for using um, assets to shore up the safety position, however we got to do it. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, if we were to do that, if we were to, to... Okay, easier said than done, if we were to find a quarterback. Well, hey, I mean, like I say, we may have already found the guy. He could be on the roster, and no, it's not Kevin Hogan. Um, it may not be, but you have to hold. I mean, you don't have to. Nobody has to do anything. <laughs> but I am holding out hope, and I think that there is uh, credible reason to uh, suggest and to honestly, you know, have a good, you know, positive feeling about Deshaun Kaiser being that guy. But if he's not the guy, we're going to have the opportunity to um to go get somebody. And you know what? It's funny. I've talked to you people about this before. And, uh, you know, a brother that I work with who I, I love this guy, he's not really a, you know, he, he, he's a, a football guy. He's a Bucks fan. Um, he, he, so he, he likes uh, talking football with me. But, you know, I um, have a different perspective on it because I'm, you know, of course, I'm a Browns guy. And it's just a just totally different world when you try to, uh, you know, relate to any other fan base, you know. But at any rate, he, he asked me about Bridgewater. And, you know, how's he doing? What's the deal with him? And I said, well, you know, as far as I know, and tell me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, the deal with him is still that he's um, – you know he's going to recover at some point. Uh, they didn't pick up his fifth year option, and I fully expect that he's going to be a free agent uh, this off season. Whether or not he's going to be cleared to play, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be by that point, and I don't know if um, if if we would be interested. But that really does so- that sounds like an us move, doesn't it? And if we were to go into next off season or next next season with Bridgewater and Kaiser and somebody that we pick up in the second round. If we were to continue with what I think is the analytics money ball approach of, you know, not picking anybody in the first round ever, uh, which I know that infuriates people that are hearing it right now. And honestly, I don't really like it either. I'd rather we just take the guy. Uh, but if we went into with that, a, a, a healthy Teddy Bridgewater, a year in the offense, um, um, Deshaun Kaiser, and a young quarterback that we get, you know, second, third round next year, that's, you know, that got to feel pretty good about that, right? Is that better than, you know, what we had going into this year? Is it better than what we had going into last year? That That's kind of hard to say because Drago uh, has, has looked pretty good this year. And, and he had his moments. Um, 
got to tell you, I was wrong about that guy. I have no problem admitting I was wrong about that guy, and I'm glad I was wrong about that guy because he, you know, is good. He's a good, he's a good dude. Uh, I I genuinely uh, like um, Josh McCown. I really do. He's he's a, he's a good he's a good dude. At any rate, um, we 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 have the the bullets in the chamber to fix this. We've got what it takes to get this done. So you know, I I, I felt compelled to uh, to come you know just just come just come chat at you a little bit. So you know what you know it's what we do. I like I like uh, having these conversations, and I felt like um, I maybe let you down a little bit with uh, with with the Sunday <laughs> performance, um, just coming from a, a place of 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 disappointment that I didn't expect that I was going to see this year. And it had everything to do with, with the quarterback position that I feel uh, better about right now. I'll feel, you know, less good about it. Um, if, if we don't make the move back to Kaiser tomorrow, but we'll see. Um, we, we, we will see if, if, if it continues to be Hogan, then, you know, um, then that anatomy of a blow up uh, article on Sunday is going to make, uh, it's, it's certainly going to be a lot more relevant, um, in my view, but, uh, I, I think that on balance, there, there's a lot of, yeah, I think that you, 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 you have to really take a, a big picture view of all of this and not just, repeat the notion that he's one and 21 and we should be better than i mean look at what these guys had to work with and yes good people can disagree about whether or not it was smart for us to go all the way down to the joists i i understand that i i think that that's a a a good debate to have um And I can I would probably say that I would fall down on the side if it was, you know, the smart move and it was the right move for all of the the reasons that this dysfunctional franchise, especially after the whole Billy Vegas incident, I could see them wanting to expunge every, you know, every every shred of that from the collective psyche of the team and totally replace it as quickly as they possibly could, which they've done with better talent. And I think that's that's the uh, the takeaway here. We've got better talent on this team than we had two years ago. I don't know how it's even arguable when you really look. And we just did. We looked at every position group. We've got better talent on this team than we do two years ago. Yeah, it's not all the way there. And we are really being held back by three position groups that are playing so bad. They're playing. I mean, the, the, the quarterback, the wide receiver and the safety positions are playing so bad that it's costing us points and not scoring us points on the other side. And, and guys, what's the name of the game here? But you know, all those other position groups are important. And when we get those three of them fixed, and there's no reason, okay, we've got a lot of young talent on the team, and as I've pointed out a million times, we've got so much draft capital to add on to. We, we, we are beginning this process. We've just begun this process of adding blue-chip, high-caliber talent and acquiring future big-time assets in the future while amassing a ton of cap space. We're going to be able to re-sign the guys that are able to stick. We're going to be able to take more bites at the apple than anybody ever has, which means even if we miss, and we're going to miss, Peppers could very well be a miss. Even if we miss, we can still take more swings because of this approach. And it would be a crying shame. It would be... It might be the death knell of my fandom, although I can't really say that because I've stuck through thick and thin. But it would be very difficult to overcome us blowing this whole thing up 
um, after what has been done so far. Uh, I, I can see, I can start, I can peer down the pathway of coming to uh, a penumbra of emanations of suggesting a hint of a thought towards the general hemisphere of Hugh, replacing Hugh Jackson. But um, I uh, is that hedging? Is that some serious, some serious hedging there? I don't flat out do not want uh, right now one hundred percent do not want us to uh, to to blow up at all in any way. But I can see, um, I, I can see a scenario where Hugh is let go, and I can see a scenario where it wouldn't be necessarily the worst possible move. Um, but you know, I, I again, I think as we as the off season approaches, we will uh, we'll talk more about that. But I think that even as bad as Owen six is, I, I think yeah, the, the, this Owen six is actually better than the Owen six that we had last year. How can you say that after the Texans and, and all these teams beat us down? Look, we were in that game until a terrible pass uh, just totally killed anything that we had going. And I've talked about this before. It's a young team; it happens. Um, but if we are if we're able to get you know, back on course, get Kaiser back in there, get that started this week. We're going to win some games this year. We're going to win some games this year. Uh, I don't know how many, like I say, if we, if we get, if we put them in this week, I think that I can put my expectation level back to three and 13 and I'd be, I'd be good with that. You know, we can, and, and people will see the improvement, you know, I mean, if we're getting better quarterback or getting wide, better wide receiver play out of, uh, Williams and Treggs, you know, that can be some guys that, um, you know, and if Higgins can you know, continue to show improvement, and Lewis even has shown some improvement, if he can continue doing that, um, you know, I'm not going to say anything about Kenny Britt, but if, if if that can happen, and Kaiser can get back there, and Kaiser cannot make the bonehead plays in the in the uh, uh, red zone, or better yet, when we get in the end zone, we just pound the hell out of the ball, and if we don't make it on third down, uh, you know, guess what? We just kick the field goal, and you know, maybe we lose games 15 to, to 12, but you know, would. <laughs> You know, or 17 to 15, but, you know, we're going to eventually end up catching a couple of teams. And then we go into the offseason with some legit options to, you know, to to uh, address the quarterback position, either through free agency or through, um, you know, a player that's already on the roster or through the draft. We've got ways to deal with this. Um, and the wide receiver and the safety positions, I just kind of view that as an afterthought because, honestly, I don't really see a whole lot of other needs on this team already gone through it and and you tell me i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong tell me that there are other positions other than the ones that i've mentioned quarterback wide receiver and safety and i got it i gotta hand it to bup he is he's been singing this the same tune all year maybe he's saying it first i'm not i'm not even gonna try to you know appropriate his you know i'm, I'm just he's, he's dead on right about it and i think that tell me the position group that is just so devoid of talent good talent that it's just a gaping hole that we must address going into the offseason. There, there's really only three, quarterback, wide receiver, and safety, and we've got the ammunition to go get that done. We've got it in droves. So, you know, I mean, as I say, I felt like it, I, I felt compelled to uh, come and give you a, a, a nice, good um, uh, feel. And none of it is – none of it's insincere. You know me. I, I am 100% on all of this. I, I, I really do. There's no reason for me to lie to you. I mean, I, I come here because, you, know, I, 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 you know, I love you. I, 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 you know, we're Browns fans talking to Browns fans. And honestly, if I mean, I know what I've gone through. I, I know what me being 25 years a devotee of this team, which has been, I mean, it's on another level. I mean, it, it's, it's historic at this point. The sort of frustration that this team has... 
has promulgated on, on an unsuspecting fan base, actually a totally suspecting and expecting fan base. But I mean, if you're here listening to me, especially if you're here an hour and a half into this thing, listening to me still, well then, you know, you're, then you're town, brother, then you're down. Although I know there are a couple of Raiders fans and I love you guys too, but I'm just saying if you're, um, you know, if, if if you're if you're with me on this, I mean, you got to understand how much I respect you, <laughs> because look, we are such a rare fraternity out there. You know, we are such a rare breed that are sticking with these guys. And I'm telling you, even with all of that, none of this is insincere or or me overreaching. I'm I'm I, I'm challenging you. Tell me of those position groups that I went through. Tell me which ones that were that were taken over. Um, that are clearly worse than what was taken over. Or, actually, better yet, because because that's not even the best standard to look at. Tell me which ones of those position groups, other than the three that I've mentioned, quarterback, wide receiver, and safety, that are bad. Tell me which ones that are bad. Are you going to tell me that, that uh, of these position groups, running back, tight end, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, and cornerback, or anybody um, in the, sec- in the uh, special teams, are any of those position groups bad? I don't think so, and th- you definitely couldn't say that last year. And yeah, I mean, I know you got. Eventually, you do have to back this up with actual metrics and numbers and stats. But this isn't the year to do that. A lot of this is the eye test. I'm sorry, it's what it is. It's it's essentially another preseason, another full season of it being a preseason. I don't think it was planned to be that way. I don't think it was planned to be that way last year. It's just that along the way, we didn't really get a whole lot of lucky bounces. We didn't get any lucky bounces last year. We haven't gotten any lucky bounces this year. I think we probably will as the season goes along and i think that next year the talent is going to adjust such that the talent is going to create a lot of those lucky bounces just simply by players that are on the team right now that are going to improve and new talent that we're going to bring in because we're going to kit we're i mean we're going to draft the whole ton new bunch of new guys this year there's a lot of guys that are on the roster right now that are not going to be on the roster next year that's all part of this process too but it is a process it's definitely definitely there's not a doubt in my mind it's definitely worth uh, continuing with seeing through at least at at least um through a third season please i have said this the other day i would just i i would prefer to um i not, not prefer necessarily but i'm not i'm not even holding out hope that i see a winning season before i die i just want to see a a build project get to its third year and if we can do that um then then i'll consider it uh, i'll consider it a happy life uh, which it is already even following this uh, wonderful team uh it, it really has ceased a long time ago being about the team uh, as much as it is about honestly uh the 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 the, the fans and you guys um it's it's us that the relationship that we have is honestly what what holds the whole thing together because outside of that <laughs> there ain't a whole lot to uh to be happy about these days but i do think um i feel really good about the future still especially if we can get this whole uh, kaiser hogan thing behind us so um signing off on a much more positive upbeat ebullient uh, note hopeful that i can remain that way for um for uh, quite a bit of time into the future i am easy weave this is easy does it on the dbn network if you feel like you can do this let me know i think that you can too easyweave at gmail.com uh you can also hit me up in the comment section whatever man uh, talk to me on facebook whatever you whatever you want to do um take care out there i hope that you have a great a great week good luck god bless love you all sir hi 
I'm Kara Swisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Carreyou, who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there.